the Benefits Corner podcast. Thanks for joining us. With each episode, we'll be speaking with business owners, thought leaders, and top performers. Our goal is to provide our audience with interesting, relevant information as it relates to employee benefits, Canadian healthcare, and running a business. Now, we should say up front that the views expressed by our guests are not necessarily those shared by the Benefits Corner nor its host. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get started. Today's show is brought to you by Aria Benefits, modern advisors backed by experience and technology. Now here's your host, Robin Bailey. Hey guys, welcome back to the Benefits Corner. Always appreciate you guys tuning back in. Beautiful day outside. I kind of wish we were recording this outside, but needless to say, we're back in the studio today and I've got someone uh, in the office today that I'm really excited to talk with, sit down and uh, chat with. We have Dean Bernard in the office and uh, Dean has got a really, really cool background. So I'll do a bit of a bio on you, Dean, and then and then we can get into the podcast. So Dean is an investigator, a mediator, coach and entrepreneur who has had an eclectic career path, uh, including positions such as emergency room and ICU nurse, police officer, and manager of investigations of the largest regulatory bodies in Canada. In 2004, he could no longer contain his entrepreneurial spirit, I know the feeling, and so he founded Bernard Associates, an investigation, mediation, education, and coaching firm. Dean has received accolades and awards for his groundbreaking work on exposing and investigating people who practice professions illegally. Often referred to as the investigation coach, Dean is a frequent speaker at educational institutions and conferences. In addition, he has written a book on investigations titled Essentials of Investigations, a Practical Guide to Conducting Effective Investigations. Dean is a chartered mediator with the Alternative Dispute Resolution Institute of Canada. He received his diploma in Health Administration and Ethics from York University and holds a Master of Law and Letters from Osgoode Law School. So, wow, you've been a busy guy for a number of years. Welcome to the show, Dean. I appreciate you sitting down because I talk to you not as often as I want because I know you're in high demand for speaking engagements, so I'm really happy to get this opportunity to sit down. You have a really interesting background, as, as I was reading into the bio. You know, former registered nurse, police officer, regulatory investigator, and now business owner. So maybe we can start with, how did you go from that background to running your own company? Well, thanks, Robin. Th- thanks for having me, by the way. It's, yeah, great uh, it's, it's great to be here. Um, you know, I'd love to say that all of this was part of, you know, some kind of master plan. But, you know, frankly, it was more to do with my, my never-ending desire to get to a better place. It seems uh, I just was never really fully satisfied with uh, the jobs I had, you know, but each direction in my career path sort of took me or led me to a growth and, and knowledge and skills in a variety of different areas. And uh, over time, I realized how much overlap there is in skill sets related to those different roles. You know, while the goals of each might be different, the skills to get the job done were often very much the same. So let me, let me give you an example. Nurses. Nurses are actually great interviewers. 
but we don't think of them as interviewers. That's just not, you know, we yeah, think of them true. as caregivers. That's think, right. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Uh, police officers, they're mediators. That, I mean, that's probably one of the biggest roles of a police officer. But again, we don't think of them as mediators. We think of them as law enforcement, you know, true, putting the yeah. cuffs on people. That's, that's right. That's the, or giving out tickets. But really, the med- mediation is a big part of what they do. So, you know, in thinking about this, it occurred to me that my mix of skills would give me the sort of unique ability to approach investigations and conflict resolution utilizing a variety of approaches. And uh, so I just focused on that and focused on how to teach others that approach. And over time, I grew the company from basically uh, me in the basement of my house to a staff of nine who have their own interesting backgrounds. Interesting. You know, I'm listening to you talk about all those experiences. And I've talked about this on several podcasts in the past. I get my friends saying, hey, Rob, you're lucky you own your own business. And wow, look at, you know, the, the company is taking off. And, you know, you have to remind people this, where you are today, and, and we just launched a, a new sister company to, to our company, Aria Benefits. And that's 22 years of different iterations of that company or, or versions of, of me to get to this point. So it's interesting to hear all those experiences that you've had along the way have led to coming and creating a company where you can deliver all those skills back to your, your clients. So that's that's really interesting, Dean. Thanks for sharing that. So. Perhaps we can start with your firm, Bernard & Associates, because I'm a fan of what you guys do. I think it's really interesting. I should mention that Dean is a client of mine, as well as one of my friends, and uh, I was I was desperately hoping he would come on the podcast, because what he does is is really interesting, and I think it's a bit of a niche, so I wanted, I wanted our listeners to hear it. So perhaps we can start with your firm, Bernard & Associates. What services do you guys offer? Who are the clients you're helping? <laughs> well, you know, this could be a challenging question for me to answer uh, in a hundred words or less. I'm going to do the best I can. I always say my elevator pitch requires at least a hundred story building because I need that much time to get it all out. Absolutely. But, uh, but you know, we're, our company is made up of three divisions. Each one of them offers unique service, but also complementary to the other. So we're not just an investigations firm. People think of us as investigations primarily, uh, and that probably is the bulk of what we do, but we offer so many other services. And, and we prefer to see ourselves as a conflict resolution firm. Uh, our clients come from two main groups, uh, professional regulators. So those would be the people who regulate different professions like lawyers, accountants, nurses, doctors, and the list goes on and on, okay. as well as workplaces. Um, that's probably the fastest growing area of our business now is the workplace. So in a nutshell, what we really provide is investigation and mediation services. So we'll investigate in a workplace, somebody complains that they're being harassed or bullied. Uh, our job would be to come in as a neutral third party, gather the appropriate information and determine whether or not that in fact is the case. And then we can offer solutions on how to deal with that if in fact that is the issue. We may mediate the issue, it may not require investigation, we may just need to sit some people down and help mediate some sort of resolution between them so they can get along better. We also do education. Uh, We provide educational services on how to conduct investigations, so we teach investigators how to investigate. We do harassment prevention programs and conflict resolution skills, so we have a whole educational component to our work. And then finally, coaching. Coaching for investigators, so we do investigation coaching hence the name investigation coach. We also do leadership coaching and coaching for personal development. So I could provide you a, a detailed explanation of all of these things, but it would take quite a bit longer to probably would uh, would bore your audience. But uh, but I'd be happy to elaborate on some of them if, if you think it'd be nice uh, to hear that. Yeah, you know, one of the things that as you were speaking, just really stood out to me was investigation coaching. So maybe you can provide a little more information on that. Sure. So this is actually our newest service and we're really excited about it. In workplaces all over Canada and the United States, 
Human resources professionals are the ones who are expected to conduct internal investigations into things like allegations of bullying, harassment, sexual harassment, violence, uh, even just code of conduct violations. And, you know, hiring an outside investigator to do this work can be very expensive. So organizations typically turn to their human resources folks looking for them to, to conduct these investigations. And while these people, you know, again, we talk about skill sets and how they transfer, they have amazing skill sets. They have all the skills necessary to do this work. The problem is, is that they also have a million other things they have to do. Absolutely, yeah. And it's difficult because they may only do an investigation couple times a year, even five or six times a year, it really isn't uh, enough exposure to the work to really develop that confidence in those skills that they have uh, and need to be able to do the job well. And so what we do is, is we've developed a coaching process where we work with them along the way. So we look at the different milestones in an investigation process, such as initial planning of an investigation, maybe decisions around what kind of evidence you need, who you should speak to, what questions you should ask, how the report should look, all of those things. And so we work with them at each stage of the investigation to take them through uh, the process and ensure that they have the confidence that they're they're doing the right thing. They're asking the right questions, they're getting the right information, and then we can look at their report and scrutinize it afterwards. So our involvement in any given case might just be a few hours, but the impact on the final product can be huge. And, and this service often appeals to smaller companies. You know, every company has the same legislated obligation, whether they're big or small, to do investigations and look into these problems. But larger companies tend to have more resources. Smaller companies, it's a bigger hit to the bottom line when they have to spend thousands of dollars to bring somebody in to do an investigation. So I think this is where where we're seeing more excitement around the services with the smaller company. Yeah, and I think I think that's an important resource. And, and a couple of points, and, and I can relate, I'm a small business owner as well. And I know whether it's myself or my business partner, we're wearing a lot of different hats within the company. And you're right, we each bring different skills to the company, but we have no idea what we're doing when it comes to investigation. So having a resource at a company like yours, whether we can get coaching along the way and, and know that you're there in the background, that we reach out to you if we're running into some sticking points, uh, I think is a really great resource. So that's, yeah. that's, that's very interesting. So yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. So I just wanna make sure I understand when a client comes to you for the first time, What's the process you're going through? So someone has run into some issue. Let's say it's you know my company. I have, I have 15 to 17 employees here. We have some sort of dispute going on. I'm coming to you for help. Maybe you can walk me through that process of start to finish. Here's what happens. Sure, no problem. And in fact, you know this is what we love so much about being so diverse in the, in the services that we offer because we have the opportunity to come in and understand what your issue is and apply the best approach to resolving that issue. It isn't always going to be about an investigation or always going to be about a mediation or it could be a combination of different things. So the first thing we like to do is try to get to know your organization, you know, understand your policies, your procedures, your culture, you know, what, what kind of culture exists within this organization? What are the expectations of, of people? And then we make sure our clients understand that, you know, we're neutral. You know, our job every single time that we come into a dispute is to be down the middle. We, we don't have a stake in the outcome. Yeah, that's and important. So that neutrality yeah. is very important and, uh, and particularly important for people to have confidence in whatever process you proceed with. So we definitely go through that process. And then we're hired to investigate a complaint or to mediate a dispute. And we really just want to get to the truth and get people to the place they need to be. Another important aspect of our intake process is to discuss the situation that the organization is dealing with so we can consult with them on what the best approach is to meet their obligations 
and their needs. So I think this is what really differentiates us from the typical uh, investigation firm or even law firm. They tend to have very specific focuses and that's not to put them down. Many of them do a very good job of what it is they do, but I don't think most of them have the breadth of ability that we have. And that's what I think that is really what makes us unique, uh, particularly on that coaching side. So we don't just do one thing and we can offer solutions such as workplace assessments, mediations, team building, workplace restorations, coaching, communication and leadership programs, and the list just goes on and on. So, mm-hmm. so it really is about understanding what your needs are and then providing that package of services that will, that will meet all those needs. Okay. Dean, how do you define success with a client then? So you've gone through the process. What's a successful, in your mind, what, how do you define that? Right. Well, you know, success for us can't be measured in the outcome. So in other words, if we're brought in to do an investigation, success isn't, isn't coming up with um, a finding that proves something true and it isn't coming up with a finding that proves it isn't true because because we can't if we base our success on that then that leads to potentially having a biased sort of approach and that's what we don't want to do so when we're retained by our, our workplace clients for example we're dealing with a disruptive issue that they need to resolve and uh, they want to focus and get back to the business at hand uh, so our role is to quickly and efficiently identify the best process to resolve that issue and you know, to implement or guide that process to an appropriate resolution. So for us, 90% of our clients are repeat clients. So we think we do a good job for them when they come back to us and we clearly met their needs the first time, so they're coming back. So that's one way we define our success. And of course, we also get a lot of referrals. Um, Interestingly enough, a lot of our competition, so we we see a lot of law firms as as our competition. Um, And there's nothing wrong with that. It's healthy. They sometimes have a client who can't afford their fees or they have a client who you know maybe they don't want to be that client's uh, intervener or facilitator because they want to be able to keep themselves free to be a litigator down the road so those law firms while they do the work that we do sometimes will say hey i've got a client that could use your help so it's kind of a it's a great relationship that we have with them because on one hand we're competitors and the other hand we're, we're trying to give each other business and help each other out so those referrals also i think from my point of view send a message that you know we're doing something right because they keep coming back yeah that happens in my industry as well so we'll have wealth specialists or life insurance specialists that will have a connection to a business owner and and either they don't have the expertise or the desire to, to talk about the employee benefits plan. We've had, same as you, we've had success because when we go in and do the benefits plan, they know we're not gonna touch any any of their other business. So, so there's a trust there and you're right, those people do keep coming back to you. So I think when you see that happening as a business owner, it says a lot about your character and, and the reputation of your company. So, so that's great. So Dean, we're sitting here and, and we've had chats outside of the podcast as well. And part of the reason why I started the show was to talk with business owners. Because I think as business owners, we share a lot of the same challenges with running a business, whether running you know, a two-person company or a 57-life company. We're all kind of facing the same challenges. So I always like to tease out from, from my guests, what's your biggest challenge as a business owner? <laughs> I have a few. I think the most difficult aspect for me is the fact that as a business owner, I have to be all things to all people. I'm the HR manager, payroll administrator, benefits administrator. Uh, I'm supposed to be the IT guru, but I'm not. Uh, I'm not even close to that. I'm the CEO, the CFO, the sales lead. I mean, I've got to do all these things. And, you know, wearing all these hats is, is really difficult when the work needs to get done. We're in a phase of rapid growth. Our company is, is growing by leaps and bounds. And, you know, to add to that challenge, you know, sometimes I have older clients who've worked with me from the beginning and it's hard to convince them that I have great staff, great people that can do this work for you. But, 
you know, they still want, they want to deal with Dean. They want to deal with Dean. So, so, you know, I've had to work on that as well. So I I think it really is uh, very long days, uh, very busy times because of having to do all these things. But, you know, that being said, honestly, I wouldn't trade it for anything. The passion that I've got for this company and the work we do is, is really what drives me every day. So while it's a challenging issue, it's, it's a welcome issue at the same time. You, you touched on a really interesting point and, and one that I can certainly relate to and, and I know a number of other business owners would relate to. You know, your clients are used to dealing with you and, and when you're running a company, you set the bar pretty high with how you want to treat those clients. Those those are your bread and butter. Those are the important people. And, and like you and I, you become friends with these people. So there's even more of a desire to help those people. But I think it's important for work-life balance to say, hey, you know what, I've built a great staff, we've built a, a great infrastructure, and you can trust those people. And I think I think that takes time. But I think, again, I think it's important because I, I posted on LinkedIn a couple of weeks ago, this was the first time that I completely unplugged with a, with a a uh, on a trip with my wife. And it was one of the best trips I ever had as a result of that because I could truly enjoy the trip. Because on previous trips, my laptop's open, I'm going through emails. But I've spent the last 13 years building an infrastructure and building that trust. And I, and I think I think my clients are beginning to understand, especially with someone like Debbie. All my clients know Debbie, and she's a superstar. And I've transferred authority over to Debbie to make those decisions that have to be made sometimes when you're absent. Because, again, going back to why we're in business, why we're living life, as we all know, life is short and things happen. You've got to enjoy it along the way. So being able to unplug and and empower your team to make those decisions is incredibly important. Yeah, and that's something we've right? done as well. We've, yeah. we've done exactly that. We, uh, My longest uh, staff member, Amy, we promoted Amy to manager, gave her a tremendous amount of responsibility. She's the main liaison for our regulatory clients. She manages the workflow. She monitors everybody's caseload. Those were all things that sort of fell to me and fell to my wife Brenda, who is is also part of the company, and it was difficult for us because we're you know we had to offload some of that. So yeah, the same thing. Once you get people that you can trust and you know your clients will love and that will be well served by, you never want to let them go. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I know Debbie's away this week, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, it's, it's uh, I can't wait to see her on on Monday. So we're sitting here and, you know, the title of my podcast is The Benefits Corner, of course. I got to ask you a benefits question. The plan you have in place with your company, very different from traditionally what you've seen over the last 22 years. Perhaps you could just walk me through why you went that route, maybe explain a little bit about what it is and why you like it. Sure. Well, I mean, thanks to you. (laughs) (laughs) A little plug for me right there. Well, yeah. I mean, you're you're definitely the one who who pointed us in the right direction for this. But, you know, with the the health spending account is uh, is something that's really worked well for us. You know, as a small business owner, it's it's difficult financially to provide the type of benefits coverage that you want to apply for uh, sure. Get your employees. I've got people with me that are all different stages of life. You know, some of them have small children. Some of them are young and single. They all need different things from whatever plan and and sometimes that traditional sort of benefits plan just isn't going to be as good for all of them so you know i wanted to find a cost effective plan that would give each person the the flexibility to manage the benefits for them as as they need it and so when you mentioned this to me and suggested i thought yeah you know this makes a lot of sense it's working out really well I know what to budget for. That's one of the other nice things about it. I don't really worry too much about, well, are my premiums going to go up? Or I mean, yeah, there's always going to be fluctuations, but I know at the beginning of the year, 
for the most part, how much money I'm going to spend on my benefit plan for the end of the year. And this is really good. It's good for the employees. It keeps them happy and it keeps me competitive, particularly from the perspective of employee retention, because if they're happy, they're not going anywhere. Yeah. And, and definitely uh, this is one important piece of, uh, of that. We went many years with no benefits and it wasn't until I met you that I realized the importance of it and decide to apply it. And I've really never looked back. It's been, uh, it's been very good. Yeah. And I find when, when we're interviewing uh, people for positions, the first question is, of course, you know, what's the pay? But the, the very next question is, what do you have in benefits? So I do, I do think it's an important part of, you know, running a business and attracting or training those employees. So, so Dean, this is, this has been awesome. I would hang out with you for the rest of the day if I, if I could. But of course, last question I had for you, what do you do for fun? <laughs> A whole lot. I mean, as much as my career has been diverse, I guess my recreational pursuits are as well. You know, I've got a passion for travel and, and my wife and I, we, we try to travel the world whenever we can. Any opportunity that we have to get to a different place we've never been, we definitely uh, take advantage of that. But, you know, I'm a big believer that life is about experiences, not things. And so I'm always on the lookout for different experiences. So, for example, I've uh, one of the more extreme experiences I've done is uh, I joined up with a group of fellows that are uh, retired Navy SEALs. And um, occasionally go down to the United States and 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 do pretty outrageous stuff. Uh, jumped out of helicopters in wow. the ocean. Uh, you know, cool. survived in the woods for three days with just a knife. You know, and, and having to figure out you know how to how to survive. I mean, they teach you, but then you got to go do it. So it's been a lot of fun. In fact, a couple of years ago, I decided. Well, you know, I've always been involved in the martial arts and things like that. And a couple of years ago, I said, you know, I really want to get in the ring and box. So a couple of years ago, I, I started training with uh, with a great trainer, Sid Vanderpool, in uh, in Kitchener, and uh, I've been boxing. I've had a couple of fights, and and they went well. <laughs> I won, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it just just always uh, always looking for something new and interesting that just offers me a different challenge. You know, it's all about the challenge and and overcoming it. So when I can't be traveling and can't be doing all that stuff, I'm I'm a big reader of biographies. I love learning about other people's lives and trying to learn from what they've done and apply maybe some of the things they've learned to my life so so that's probably what keeps me busy hockey scuba diving and do it all yeah <laughs> whenever i can find the time well over the years we've we've had some good chats and, and we share a lot in common our our love of travel and something that that you said just resonated so much with me you know it's those shared experiences and those moments in time and i've talked about it before and my wife is very good at creating those experiences and you know We've had some things go on in life and, and, you know, I'm sure everybody else has and, and you just, I think the older you, you, the, you the more you appreciate those moments as you go along, right? Oh, so, absolutely. Well, this has been very cool hanging out with you. I, I really enjoyed it. How do people get in touch with you if they want to reach out? Well, not too hard. First, Robin, though, let me let me thank you. I, I really want to thank you very much for the opportunity to be on your podcast. I've, I've listened to all the episodes. I think you're doing an amazing job. I appreciate that. And everybody you've talked to has something interesting to say that, that I've uh, I've taken away something helpful. So I feel honored to be included uh, as a guest on the show. Uh, anyone who wants to reach us can go to our website, uh, www.bernardinc.com. That's Bernard, B-E-N-A-R-D, Inc.com. In a few days, actually, we're going to be launching a brand new website, new look, new feel. And uh, of course, my email is always there, dbenard at bernardinc.com. And uh, people can call me anytime, toll free at 1-888-7332226. Great. All right, friends, that is a wrap for today. As always, thank you very much for tuning into the show. Keep the feedback coming. Always love seeing what you have to say. All of our podcasts get linked to our website, www.ariabenefits.ca, or you can reach me via email, rbailey at ariabenefits.ca, or, of course, I'm always on LinkedIn. Everybody sees me there. We'll see you next time on the Benefits Corner.